Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Please check out our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. On our website, you will see a variety of topics covering a breadth and depth of issues relevant to business creators just like you. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite syndication network. We are on most of them. So today, this is one of those episodes we're going to have a lot of fun. This is uh, somebody we've, have, we've wanted to have on Business Creators Radio for almost a year now. Uh, this particular guest of ours has been somebody who's been a little hard to track down, believe it or not, because she's got so many things going on uh, that we're going to share with you today. Listeners to the Business Creators Radio Show know that we sometimes get into anecdotes and stories, and we get to discover more about the realities of what it means to be a business creator and to thrive from your intersection of brilliance and passion, especially as a small business owner. And that's why you're going to love learning about small business marketing made easy. And to help us with that, we have... Small business Stacy, who in state of day life goes by Stacy Ritka, to the rescue. So we ask if any of the following sound like you. One, you throw everything against the wall hoping something sticks, which is like spaghetti marketing. You can't pull the trigger on anything. You're always stuck in review mode. That's perfectionism marketing. You're copying whatever your competitors are doing. That's ant marketing. And in the end, you might find yourself throwing up your hands, declaring it all hopeless. So hopefully, small business, excuse me, yeah, small business safety Ritka will help you despair no longer and discover the easy way to take action for marketing and business success. So I'll just tell you a little bit about Stacey. She's an internationally renowned small business marketing expert and serial entrepreneur. She eats, breathes, excuse me, eats, sleeps, and breathes small business and understands exactly what it takes for the small business owner in any niche or industry to not only survive, but to thrive and build a business they dream of. Her marketing advice indeed packs a punch and is based on her own experience, pulling one of her entrepreneurial ventures from the brink of collapse and half a million dollars of debt and turning it into a seven-figure profitable business. See, guys, I knew this is exactly who you needed to hear from. Stacey, come on in. The weather's fine. I'm here, homie. Great to be with you and your audience. I'm so excited to share some tips so they can get their marketing into action, pun intended. I don't play that, and I don't clown around. <laughs> uh, and, 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 the, and, the, and the final piece of Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, which is my book. I point out that that show in Living Color with the Wayans Brothers, came out uh, right around 1989, 1990, I believe. And I was in middle school at the time. And if I had had a sense of humor, I uh, probably could have uh, I probably could have given that clown a run for its money instead of the other way around. But, oh, boy. I <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
So, so in your bio, we got a hint that there's a bit of a story here. And what we like to do on the Business Creators Radio Show, especially since by usually this point in the episode, some of our listeners are leaning forward in their seats. They've got a separate browser tab opening. They're uh, looking up this Stacy Riska and small business Stacy, trying to figure out exactly who she is and what she brings to the table. So tell us a little bit about your journey, your story, and your words. What brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion? All right. Well, pull out the popcorn and grab some tissue because <laughs> there's a lot of drama. <laughs> this would, if I, if this were a movie, we would have every drama, every genre. You know, we'd have some comedy. We'd have the fighting and Rocky. We'd have the the shoot and kill and drama going on of Die Hard. I mean, we would have like every kind of genre going on. So, but that's the life of a small business owner, right? So my story starts, um, I am a serial entrepreneur, always have been. My first business was actually doing outsourcing before outsourcing was even a buzzword, where I was helping associations and nonprofits do the back office work, like data entry, call center, mailing, fulfillment. Now, I'm dating myself here, but this was when computers, you know, first came out. And so we had a unique process we were, where we were actually putting the data into other people's systems via remote access. And that was very technologically advanced at the time. So I did that for 10 years. And then I had, you know, it was a very successful and profitable business. And I woke up after 10 years realizing that I had two project managers who were running the day-to-day. And I guess I had my midlife crisis and realized that I needed something fun and different to do. But what was that going to be? And I, I guess I saw that I had three different options. I could go start another business, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I knew the pros and cons of starting something from scratch. I could go get a job. But at that point, after being my own boss, there was just no way that that was going to work for me. Or I could buy a franchise, you know, a quote-unquote proven system where you buy into a business and you get all the systems. So I started talking to a franchise consultant who analyzed my strengths, my weaknesses, my financial capability, but ultimately came back to me and said, hey, Stacy, you know, look, what do you want to do? If you could create your perfect job, what would that look like? And I, I already knew the answer to it. I was like, in my perfect world, I would live at the beach, work behind a tiki bar, serving umbrella drinks. And they're like, perfect. We have the perfect business for you. I bought a coffee and smoothie Hawaiian-themed business. And this was back in 2008. Well, the growth was great because in two years, we had two stores at Dulles Airport. We had a store in a mall. We had 10 of these mobile tiki bars that we were taking all over the Washington, D.C. area and three food trucks. We were taking over Washington, D.C., and it was great for small business. Screw Starbucks, right? You know, we had the Aloha Spirit, the Hawaiian Flair, and people loved our product. 
And then there was the crash and burn. The recession hit. People were absolutely not going to the mall just to get a smoothie. They weren't traveling, despite that I was paying the most expensive rent in the entire country and paying my staff to be there from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., irregardless of whether flights were going out or not. And right. everything just stopped. And I woke up one day in my store realizing that I did – I was so broke that I couldn't even afford next week's inventory. I was $500,000 in debt, and I did not know where my next customer was coming from. And at the time, I had very young kids. Um, it created a lot of stress and tension at home. I mean, we had the bank threatening to take our house. I was sued six times in one year. We could barely put peanut butter and jelly on the table. I mean, they were very, very dark days. And maybe your listeners can relate. I mean, they, they've been in that deep, dark place where they don't know where their next customer, client, or patient is coming from. And I remember, I remember it so vividly to the day, driving home from my store, again, no sales, and I just started crying. But not just crying, I mean like bawling from, you know, just tears streaming down. And it was so bad, I, I had to literally pull over on the side of the road. And it took me, I would say, a good five minutes to come through. And when I did, I know it sounds so ridiculous, but what I heard on the radio was Kelly Clarkson singing, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I realized, uh -huh. okay, this is my new theme song. And when I got home, I walked in the door and in my foyer, there's this big mirror. And I looked in there with my tear sodden eyes. And I realized that I was at that proverbial come to Jesus moment. I was at that fork in the road where you make a decision. Are you going to throw in the towel and possibly lose it all, or are you going to fight and save your business? And it, for me, it wasn't so much an emotional decision. It was a financial decision. I mean, I put on my clear glasses and looked at my business with those clear lenses, and I knew that I could and should be having a profitable business. And what I realized was that, I was blaming everyone else. I was blaming the economy. I was blaming the customers not coming. I was blaming everybody except who was there in the mirror, me. I was not doing marketing. And literally from that moment, I went right into my office. I sat down and I start mapping out what I was going to do to get a marketing plan in place to grow my business. And it was simple. It was actually six simple things that I then laid out in my book, Small Business Marketing Made Easy, the same six steps that I help other small businesses use to grow their business. And what happened was my business started growing very successfully, very quickly, very profitably, and people started hearing about it. And they were reaching out saying, gosh, Stacey, you're having such great success. What are you doing? Can you teach me how to do it? No, you know what? Forget it. Can you just do it for me? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> so the little entrepreneur in me started another business, the Small Biz Marketing Specialist. And so that's a marketing agency, a done-for-you marketing agency that I run today where I help small business owners 
get their marketing done. Because again, Adam, it's not that small business owners don't know that they need to do marketing. It's more that they get so overwhelmed and dealing with the crisis of the day, and they just don't know what to do when it comes to their marketing. So that's why I wrote the book, Small Business Marketing Made Easy. And I think it's important for your listeners to note that it's E-Z, the letters E-Z, not E-A-S-Y. There is a difference because most people want to just, boom, hit the easy button, wake up tomorrow with $10 million in the bank. And that's just not realistic. My book lays out a very simple six-step formula and system that you can use. But yes, it is going to take some work, and you're not going to wake up tomorrow with your bank account full to the coffers. But if you follow this system, very soon and very quickly, you will start seeing your business grow. Yeah, but you have to understand, I I just don't believe you on that last point because I saw a Facebook ad this morning and showed this dude and uh, he's like totally stacked and ripped and he's got his his uh, his hot sexy wife next to him in her bikini and they're and they're five kids That's right. and they're on the beach and and they're on the beach and they're and they're taking one of those selfies and he's saying that uh, he woke up one morning uh, after living uh, in a van down by the river for 20 years. And he had this epiphany, and by, that after, and by that afternoon, he had the yacht, the wife, the kids, the mansion, and the Ferrari. And if you just, and if you just sign up for this webinar, uh, you'll discover the, the one secret, the one thing you can do today that'll have you, uh, that'll have you maxing out your bank account with deposits by 3 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, I do believe there's an easy button because that ad told me so. Yeah, and unfortunately, Adam, so many people, that's social media, right? Because you can hide yep. behind the computer, right? You can put up whatever you want. You can go rent the yacht and the boat and even have a backdrop to have an amazing photo taken, right? So what really I, – I take the antagonist view because it really drives me crazy of people who believe these supposed gurus who are preaching to you to do – what they have never done themselves. They'll tell you, oh, you can make $10,000 by just running this Facebook ad. What they forget to tell you is that it costs $100,000 to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, and that $100,000 is all the trial and error, all the ads that fail, all the other things you go through, right. um, the value of your time, the value of the agency you're working with to make this happen, where even though they're experts, it's still trial and error because it's your account. Uh, you can go on and on and on and on and on and on. And the final point I wanted to make about that little, that little wisecrack I made earlier is that I see those types of ads, and I think when I described it, a few people visualize something like that they've seen very recently on their social media. I think I've seen five of them since yesterday, and all five of these are people like I've never heard them. But wait a minute, this uh, this this uh, this, this, this person is like the they're they're like the billionaire leader of the of the online marketing industry, and what? the guy's stacked and ripped, so he's in the gym like 19 hours a day because he's got this constant thing because he did this one thing and uh, and his wife of 20 years who he found yesterday and uh, and their five perfect kids and their yacht and their mansion and their Maserati and their 
and their Gulf Stream and and every and everything else. And it's like it's like well, where it, have I because I haven't heard, where have I been because I haven't heard of all five of these people. Exactly. And, you know, it, it's really sad because ultimately what they're trying to do is make you feel bad about yourself. And it's just, it's just such a bad marketing strategy. And too many small business owners, you know, they, and I think many of you in your audience will agree. I mean, we all suffer from shiny object syndrome, right? So we're just sort of like crabs, just grasping for something. I want something to work. But as you alluded to in the beginning when you were, you know, giving my bio, there's just so many approaches to marketing that small business owners take, and they're all wrong, whether it's spaghetti marketing, you know, throwing, just doing anything and everything uh -huh. to see if something sticks, or being such a perfectionist that, let's say, you know, oh, this time I'm going to get it right. My website's going to be absolutely perfect. And by the time you've made the 872 changes, they're about to fire you. And then the worst of them all, ant marketing, which most people are doing out there, which is just following what everybody else is doing. But when you ever, if, if you ever see like a row of ants walking along, they're all just following each other, but yet nobody knows where the one in front of them is going. So that is the worst of them all. That's sort of like saying, oh, well, Susan's hair salon um, did Valpac, so I'll do their Valpac. Or Harry's air conditioning, oh, they, they put a banner up on the high school football field. I think I'll do that. That must be working great because, you know, they're doing it, so it must be working well. That's ant marketing, and that is the worst of them all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, as, as you may vaguely remember from our conversations when we've met at places like the Dream Business Academy and things like that. I used to own a web development firm. Uh, even though I'm not a web designer, I've never designed a website, I can't even draw a roller with a straight line, nor can I get that analogy correct. I always revert. It's supposed to be a straight line with a roller. So uh, now, now, I, now we had the designers and all that. So, I mean, we were able to deliver the product. Uh, but I myself, uh, I'm not a coder. I mean, I know my way around a, a function file WordPress when I need to tweak something from a programming perspective, but I'm not a designer or developer. Uh, but at any rate, at any rate um, here's what would happen so often, is people would set the website itself as the goal. And I'm glad you mentioned the thing about the website, and you know, you're ready to fire somebody after 25,000 changes. Uh, yeah. They set the website as the goal because somebody said, oh, you got to get a world-class website. And they would, one of two things would happen. They would, folks would come to me and they would say, uh, I want a website exactly like so-and-so's because they're my coach or I admire them or whatever it is. And, they, that, and when, I, when I mean just like theirs, they meant the exact same thing, just put my name, logo, and colors on it. That's how much they meant the same thing. Now, what works for one person may not work for another, and when you're copycatting, people can see that a mile away, and they can see right through it. So it got to the point where I just simply, I just simply just, uh, my, me and my entire firm just lost interest in those. And when somebody came to us and said, uh, you know, my, my coach uh, says I should have a website just like theirs, and and uh, and and, uh, and I, I I don't want I don't want you to put any creativity into it. And all I want to do is I want to copy theirs and put my name, my logo, and my pictures on it. And I would say, okay, so 
this is your coaches telling you to do this, right? Yeah. All right, so you have a current relationship with your coach. Yeah. And your coach has this website. Yeah. And your coach has that website designed or developed somewhere. They work with a firm or with an individual or something who put that together. Yeah. And Okay, so literally all you want to do is copy them and put your name, color, logo, and picture on it, then would it make more sense to just hire their person because they've already done the work and they already have the template? Yeah, right. Now, somehow, now somehow, now somehow me saying that in a value-added way was taken as an insult. I was saying, why, why rebuild something when you're not showing any investment and in putting any creativity or uniqueness into it? Well, and you're absolutely right, Adam. I mean, cookie cutters are great for cookie dough and cookies, right? Not so good for marketing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like saying a dog groomer's website or what a dog groomer does or says on his website is the same as an electrician. It's the same as an auto mechanic. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. No wonder they're seeing such poor response. Yeah, even, even, even on my cat sitter's website, uh, even within that one website, there's a, a tab for cats, there's a cat tab for dogs, there's a tab for bunny rabbits, uh, and uh, all other types of animals that they work with, because I believe they also uh, do pet sitting for snakes and rodents and reptiles, and they do a, they do a wide range of things. I just know that I just know that on their website, on, on the cat tab, there's a photograph of my princess Alessandra, which must mean hmm. their business is a booming. Of course. Well, good for yeah. Alessandra. I say that because she's sitting on my desk giving me looks of judgment. All right, so we've had a lot of fun here so far, and uh, we are and we are going on uh, one third of the way into this. And I would love to uh, I'd love to get into some specific things. Um, now, you mentioned earlier a couple things. You're a serial entrepreneur, and uh, that you went from five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, in debt to debt free, thanks to Kelly Clarkson. So, in what way, if, you're, if I heard you correctly, and if this is what you're saying, the marketing was the reason for this amazing turnaround, how did that happen? What I realized is that at the time, I had a build it and they will come mentality, right? Because I had the most amazing products. I had the best smoothies and coffees in DC. People loved them. I had this beautiful-looking store that looked like Hawaii. So when you came in, you were just sort of taken away. But it was all build it and they will come. And then they didn't come. <laughs> so what I had was a concept that was based more around me and what I wanted it to be. But I wasn't doing anything, any marketing, anything to connect with customers. I wasn't being specific in who I served and what I could do for them. And what turned it all around was, first, defining my who. What I realized is that the real money in my coffee and smoothie business was actually in catering. So by changing the business model and instead of having a build it and they will come mentality, I actually started going out to the people and realized that people were willing to pay a premium price. 
there is a really valuable lesson in this. When you can define your who, because too many small business owners, they try and be everything to everybody. I will ask them, let's say there's a small dessert shop on Main Street. When um, I'll ask them, I'll say, you know, oh, who's the perfect customer for you? And they'll say, oh, you know, anybody within a 10-mile radius of my store. And I'm just like, no, that, you can't be everything to everyone. So in my action marketing system, the A actually stands for attention. And it's all about defining the who. You've got to be really specific because you cannot be everything to everyone. So be something for someone. So instead of saying, oh, I serve all golfers, Look, you are just not going to have the resources, the time, the budget to be able to serve all golfers. You need to get really specific on who your avatar is and what pain and challenges are they dealing with that you can serve. Do, are, can you help left-handed golfers who are males who are 55 to 65 years old improve their short game? That is a lot more specific. So in my coffee and smoothie business, what I did is I got really crystal clear on my who. And I realized that it was Carol, the HR manager at a technology company with 50 to 100 employees who wanted to do something fun and different and healthy for staff appreciation events. Because Carol always got the short stick. She's the HR manager. She's not, she knows nothing about catering. And when she puts together events, well, she does the typical ice cream social or pizza party. And guess what? Nobody shows up because those are boring. And so Carol, she feels totally unappreciated until she calls us to come in and do coffee or smoothie catering where we make her look like the big kahuna. We do all the work, we show up with a tiki bar, serve umbrella drinks, people love it, they're happy, they give kudos and accolades to Carol, and she is thrilled because we made her life easy. So as I explained who Carol is, I hope your listeners were getting sort of like a really vivid image of who Carol is. I didn't say that I was just going after HR managers because that's too generic. So when clients work with us, the first thing that I do is I focus, I help them focus in on the A in the action marketing system, which again is attention, helping them define their who. So they can be really targeted in who they're reaching and what problems that they solve so that they, their company, their business, is the only logical solution. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this uh, with some of the things you're saying. You're, you're right. Uh, how many pizza parties and what have you can you go to in an office before it starts to get really, 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 really old? And then it comes to the point of, oh, I, I work with these people. Now I have to socialize with them, too. Well, you guys just want to make it fun. I mean, uh, <laughs> all right, so let's set all that aside. And we've, many of us have heard the phrases, there's riches and niches. Uh, so yeah. they have to mispronounce the word niche so that that rhyme will work. 
at any rate, at any rate, uh, some will say, well, yeah, but if you get too specific, you're going to exclude this whole big potential market. But here's the, here's the funny thing, and we're starting to see more and more of this through my research and through so what a couple of my private clients, I think two of them you know personally, and uh, what we're seeing with some of the uh, uh, folks we're working with through our uh, podcast booking agency are discovering that when you get into niching and you identify a specific niche or area that you serve, that actually can increase your business for two reasons. Number one, folks within that market niche or segment will say, hey, they're doing this just for us. These people probably know more about us than any of these generalist firms. Let's consider working with them. So you get that attraction factor. And then the funny uh -huh. thing is, is when you put out there, you only do a certain thing. But there are people out, out there who are attracted to your message, uh, your energy, who you are, what your business stands for. They'll start asking if you do other things. Like if, um, like let's say you have a donut shop. Uh, I'm going to come up with a very simple example to illustrate my point. Let's say you have a donut shop and you have great marketing, and people see that your donut shop is really fun. Uh, that uh, you know, the owner has a personality that's known in the community. You do all these special donuts, and you have a really active social media page, and people see all the fun donuts you do. Next thing that's going to happen, you start getting phone calls like, uh, do you sell bagel? Uh, do you sell Hi. ice cream? Uh, do you sell milkshakes? Because, because they like you in general, even though you're not saying the thing, you're not saying that you do this other stuff, people are going to start asking for it. So if a lot of people start asking for bagels, you can do a line of bagels. You just don't have to advertise it. They can be pleasantly surprised when they come in and say, oh, we got bagels too. Oh, oh wait, you got, you got, we got these special blends of coffee? Okay. So it's funny how that works. But sometimes when you don't say you do things, people will start asking if you do or would. Funny how that works. You're right, Adam, and it also allows you to then um, charge premium prices because when you are in a category of one, when people view you as the only possible solution to whatever it is they're looking for, price is not the deciding factor because too many small businesses are in a fight to the bottom, right? They're, oh, I just reduced my price more and more and more, and then you've got this whole pile of uh -huh. bottom feeders. That's not where you want to be. That is not the way to get out of $500,000 in debt. That is not the way to grow your business. So when you do become more specialized, more targeted, where you serve one, be something for someone, you'll actually find that people are willing to pay a premium price for it. And gosh, wouldn't it be great to work with just a few people, earn a lot more money instead of dealing with all the bottom feeders? It can totally transform your business. Yeah, it, cer it certainly could. You know, you know, the funny thing that happens there is, um, and uh, this actually happened to the, the therapist that I occasionally work with here in Las Vegas is when I first started working with them, after I first started moving here, they charged $100 an hour. And the session is usually an hour, so it's usually 100 bucks to go see them. Well, about a year ago, I wanted to go see them, and I made an appointment, and I found out that their rate was now $200 an hour. Like, whoa, 100% jump. What are these guys doing? So as soon as I got there, I, I said, yo, your prices literally doubled in a year, man. What's up? 
Well, they were featured on some MTV show. I think it was MTV Teen Mom or something like that. And the fact they were seen on that show led to a spike in inquiries. So they had to double their prices just to manage the intake of people wanting to hire them because they had so many people beating down their door, they, they just didn't have the wherewithal to handle them all, and they had no interest in setting up a hypnosis center or training like junior versions of themselves or anything like that is the way it was conveyed to me. And yeah. go, beyond, go beyond that, here's the other funny thing. I asked them a follow-up question as I said, well, uh, I mean, are you still doing the same volume? And they said, funny thing, funny thing. It seems like, seems like since we raised our prices, even more people want to work with us. <laughs> right, because it's sort of like the celebrity factor. Well, wow, you know. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I clarified with them that it wasn't just the teen mom thing. Apparently, the fact that they raised their prices in and of itself was also an attraction factor because they figured, oh, wow, these people must be really good if they're charging $200. If you understand that industry, the idea of doing mind work and uh, hypnosis and change work and and past life regression and those types of things that involve, uh, involve invoking the power of the human computer. Uh, the idea is that folks will try traditional modalities such as psychotherapy or, uh, or working with a PhD level psychologist or a social worker and they'll go to hundreds of sessions over years and they'll talk and talk and talk and talk and take drugs and everything else and never seem, no problem never seems to get fixed. But then you go lay down, have somebody put you under, and an hour later, you're, you're good to go. So the idea is that you pay a premium for that because it quickly moves you forward. I myself uh, can attest to that because I remember after, my, after I went through a particularly nasty breakup a few years ago, I went to these folks and I said, you know, going through the usual, uh, you know, just – broke up and you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little lost in the world and she's giving me all kinds of shit besides and, and uh, okay, so we went through the exercise and not only did, uh, not only did I come, come, back, come back out of hypnosis 45 minutes later completely over it, but they had also stopped a recurring dream that I had been having for six years and I'd also had this phenomenon, and I also had this phenomenon where a famous person from history would appear to me like a ghost about once a year and say the same phrase. And I didn't understand what this phrase meant. Well, apparently, the answer to that was in that too. And it's been five years and that person hasn't shown up. So, huh. fix my breakup, fix my doldrums, stop my recurring nightmare, and stop this ghost from appearing. Yeah, would you pay $200 for that? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, here's so that's the other part of that, Adam, right? It. Because you, yeah. you're so passionate about it. So you're going to leave rave reviews, give them, you know, referrals, recommendations. You're now their brand ambassador. And the company's thrilled um, because they're, they're making more money. They're serving you. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, so going into a niche and being confident about raising your prices can be can be a way to go for for many folks. Uh, and I have seen people run to the bottom. Let's challenge your listeners to double their prices. 
Wow, that's a that's a big that's a big order for some. I want to make one more point, and I got to ask you about this action thing. If you want to talk about race to the bottom, uh, earlier I mentioned I used to have a web development firm way before the Business Creators Institute. Very early on, we had this client who was launching this thing. I'm not going to get into any specifics because I suspect the person is actually one of our listeners. Uh, and I'm going to say this as nicely as possible because I want people to know that I'm saying this with love. Uh, this uh, person so it had seven long-form sales letters on their website. And I think it was like five products and two niche variations of some of the other letters for specific niches. And they would put these, and they would keep uh, asking people, what do you think of my pages? And people would uh, give their quote-unquote feedback, all right? So every week they would come back to us wanting to completely rework all seven of these long-form sales letters. Now, as you can imagine, after, now, as you can imagine, after a while, there's a bit of a bill for that. And this person would, would, would scream and complain and, and moan about the bill, and uh, they would say, you know what, we're, we're, we, we found somebody else who can, who can do this a lot more reasonably. They would emphasize that, uh, that there were other companies that charged more reasonable rates. And what would happen is these more reasonable companies would leave them high and dry, and they would come mm -hmm. back to us asking so nicely, uh, can you help us this one time? Sure. Did it? That's the usual bill. Repeat, 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 repeat. And the reason I the reason I actually have a lot of gratitude for this person if they're listening is because inadvertently they gave me one of the most powerful messages that I've been able to use to initiate conversations with folks who are stuck in analysis paralysis. And it, go, it goes as follows: uh, they were in one of their you know, complaining moods, uh, you know how their business sucks and they're not making any money and our bills are too high and everything else. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I said, you know, every single week you want to completely redo these letters and, and I see you're, you know, you're not making any sales here and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're listening to every single person and anybody even gives you the tiniest little piece of advice, you think you did something massively wrong and you have to redo everything. And it seems like you never stand by anything. So here's my point to you, is what I said to them, is I said, you, you may, because earlier they made a mention that they thought that I hated them, which I didn't. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, you know, I don't hate you. I will say that you're not a very fun client to work with. And that being said, I think that me and other people would be, find you a much more, fun, much more likable person to deal with if you spent less time editing your website and more time promoting it. Yeah, sounds like they're stuck in perfectionism marketing. <laughs> oh, they're, oh, 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 they're out of business. Uh, actually, they're doing something else now. <laughs> and what I heard, what I heard they were doing really good at it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but the, point, the point is that went under, I think, for that reason. And I trusted this person gain from the experience and from what I've seen them do lately and I checked them out because before this interview because I kind of figured this was going to come up but it looks like their stuff is doing really well and I'm very happy for them but but, but I just said that spontaneously people would enjoy you like you better and want to work with you if you spent less time editing your website and more time promoting it 
and that became uh, one of the catchphrases of my business, and it's been a great conversation mm-hmm. opener. So I have a lot of gratitude. Now, what we need from you, we need from you is you mentioned that there's a six-part thing inside your book, Small Business Marketing Made Easy. So I'm going to ask you for two things. I'm going to ask you what this action system is. But first of all, you got to tell me why we spell it E-Z instead of E-A-S-Y. Both great things, yes. So the action marketing system is, as I alluded to, a simple six-step formula to get your marketing into action, literally and figuratively. These are the six simple things that any marketing plan needs to have, and they are the only six things you need to do to grow your business. So, Adam, how about I go through the six fairly quickly, and then if people want more detail, um, I'd like to make an offer where they can get a free copy of my book, um, Small Biz. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Go ahead okay. and tell us about the action system. I'll give you some. I'll give you a moment at the end to show people how to get the book because I'm going to get my own copy. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so the action marketing system. The A is for attention, and we've spent quite some time already talking about this. This is about defining your who. Who do you serve? The whole concept is it to be something for someone. You can't be everything to everyone. Be something for someone. The C is for connect. Because most small business owners, their way of connecting, the way their messaging is, it's buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. Well, that's like going, asking somebody to marry you on the first date. It's a little creepy, right? Nobody wants to buy your stuff the first time they meet you. You have to connect and build that no-like trust factor. And so the the way that you do that is getting somebody to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to know more. You do that with lead generation, creating things so juicy, exciting, that people just can't wait to get it, that they want to know more. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily buying but it's a way to get people into your funnel so that they want to know more about you. It's getting them to raise their hand so you can connect. The T stands for transactions. And this is where most small business owners get really excited because now they're like, Stacy, now I get to make some money. The transactions could be monetary, but I really want you to think of T as like a touch point. It's a way of building a transaction, a.k.a. a touch point, by moving people along the customer journey with you. Because here's what's important for them to know. People buy when they're ready to buy, not when you're ready to sell to them. So somebody, and this happens a lot, may say, no, I'm not really interested in what you have to offer. But no doesn't mean no. No means not now. So you want to have a process in place where you're dripping on them. You're providing valuable content. You're sharing your expertise. That could be with blog posts, with emails, with video, with social media, with direct mail. It's about staying front of mind so that when that person is ready to buy, 
the most obvious choice is you because you've been providing value all along the way. You've been building those transactions. So the T, again, is putting those transactions in place so that ultimately it does turn into a monetary transaction. The I in the action system stands for invest. Investing is knowing your metrics, what's working and what's not, so you're not doing spaghetti marketing. It's about knowing where exactly you want to put your resources so that you can get the biggest bang for your buck. Here's what it's not. It's not about how many Facebook likes do you have, how many Twitter followers, how many people are opening your emails. These are all vanity metrics. They're metrics that make you feel good, right, because they, like, boost your ego. Ooh, somebody liked me. Somebody opened my email. Gosh, I feel so great. Here's the thing. You cannot deposit vanity metrics in the bank. So what I help my clients right. do right, by focusing on the I in invest is determining the metrics that matter and putting those in place so that we can get more money in their bank account. And when you know what's working, you're not like doing spaghetti marketing. You're not going and doing Facebook ads because the rest of the world is doing Facebook ads. It probably isn't the right platform for you. So I is making smart investment decisions with your marketing based on the metrics. The O is for ongoing. You, you know you need to do marketing. Here's the thing. You need to be doing marketing every single day. Marketing is not a one and done. It's not, oh, I'm going to do a three-series email campaign, and then I'm done. You need to be doing something every single day, marketing, to move your business forward. And for most small business owners, what happens is they get caught up in the fire of the day. And I've heard all of the excuses. I don't have the time. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the budget. You know, oh, I'm not good at marketing. I'm overwhelmed. So my motto is do best, outsource the rest. Do what you do best, outsource the rest. Wouldn't it be great to have a team in place that can do all of your marketing for you? And that way you are doing something every single day so that you can stay front of mind for your customers, clients, and patients. That's what the O in the action marketing system is about, making sure your marketing is ongoing. And bringing it home, homie, <laughs> at the N in the action uh-huh. marketing system, <laughs> the N in the action marketing system is for nurture. Your audience, um, your listeners, Adam, they're all sitting on a pot of gold, the customers, clients, and patients they already have. And when I start talking with small business owners, I'll say, you know, oh, what do you want to do with your marketing? I want more, more new, more leads, more customers, more, 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 more. No, what you want is you've got this pot of gold sitting there right in front of you. People who already know, like, and trust you have given you dollars. You need to stay in touch with them and nurture those relationships because those are the ones who 
will give you rave reviews, referrals, and become your brand ambassadors and come back again and again with open wallets. So Adam, these are the six simple steps that your listeners can put into action, literally and figuratively, to grow their business. And as you can see, it's easy, right? And looping back to your second question, what's the difference between easy and E-A-S-Y? Easy is this action marketing system. This is so simple to implement. This keeps you focused. This keeps you away from shiny object, uh, shiny object syndrome and all of these supposed gurus out there preaching things they've never done themselves. E-A-S-Y is just push, like we talked about earlier, just hitting the, button, hitting the button and thinking that you're going to wake up tomorrow with $10 million in the bank. And if you listen to people who are promising that to you, then when you fail, you have nobody else to blame but yourself because there is no easy button when it comes to marketing. But if you do these six simple steps that are easy, you will find that your business will grow and you'll have a very strong foundation to make sure that that continues to grow over time. Yeah, you know, uh, one or two things came up when I heard all that, and that's a great ACTION plan. Uh, you mentioned vanity metrics. I think people sometimes get hung up on metrics and size that don't serve them. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, when we hear mailing lists, right, um, people get hung up on the size of the mailing list. I have 25,000 subscribers. Or they'll right. say, yeah, we'd like to, you know, yeah, we'd like to invite you to participate in our, um, in our thing, but we see you have less than 10,000 subscribers and, or whatever. So they're looking at this raw number of people that are on their mailing list. So the ego gets wrapped up in their subscriber list being a five or six digit number. Okay, or any, how many of those subscribers are any good? I mean, some of them might be five years old and be so dead that uh, not even re-engagement could bring them back. Uh, so in the meantime, they're blasting out uh, messages to 100,000 people just so they can say they're sending it to 100,000 people. Uh, but because they're getting like half a percent open rate, their, their ratings and scores with email algorithms are in the toilet, and a lot of those emails are going into spam anyway for, for that reason. So imagine if they had 100,000 people on their mailing list and 99,000 of them were, were disengaged, uh, disaffected, people who hadn't even opened their email in three years. And you deleted all of them. Now you have a list of 1,000. And uh, before you had, before when you're sending those emails to 100,000 people, 500 of them open. So I'm going to do some quick math here. So I'm going to do, um, mm -hmm. let's see, 500 divided by 100,000. Okay. At that point, you're getting a, let's see if I do this. It's point zero zero five. See, I move the. Yeah. That's like half a percent open rate. That's very sad. If I'm doing the math, right, I'm so <laughs> good at math. Yeah. So now, yeah. so now I'm going to delete all but a thousand of those, and I'm going to keep the thousand that are actually engaged. So you're using your your email marketing system, you're looking at their engagement scores, and you can see the ones that are actually opening. You know, it's these thousand people. So now. Mm -hmm. You're sending out those same emails to a thousand people, uh, but 
Yeah, but you still have the same people we're opening before. So now let's divide 500, those same 500 people, that, uh, you know, that average open rate you're getting, by 1,000 people on your list. And I think most of you already know the answer, uh, but I'm going to do it just for fun. Uh, no, come on. I hate this calculator. It's, uh, I didn't say out of three. I said, I said equals. Now you have a 50% open rate. Yeah, big that's like, that's like that's 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 like the that's the envy of everybody. And you start turning in consistent 40, 50% open rates, your emails are gonna be out of spam and into people's primary tabs before you know it. Right, exactly. From so, people so, so, who want so, to hear so, from you. Yeah, so yeah, so so if you need a vanity metric to make you feel good, say I get a fifty percent open rate. And people yeah, are gonna say wow. Whoa, yeah. dude, what? I've been trying to get 20%. How do you get 50? You think there could be some vanity in having people react to your open rate like that? That vanity I can I, live with. That vanity will exactly. put money in the bank. Yeah. So, that, so that's, what I, that's what I say when it comes to vanity is if you need, if, if, if of a vanity, you need a vanity metric to make you feel good, pick a metric that's actually serving your business. So shift yeah. the conversation from the size of your bloated, useless mailing list to fixing your mailing list so it gives you a high open rate. Because a high open rate is going to be a lot better for you, both algorithmically and just in terms of percentages of return on investment. And then the next step is you go to, is you go to click-through. And if you can turn in something like 50% open rate and 30% click-throughs, man, you're really cooking at that point. And you can make a lot of money off a few hundred people. Yeah, that is right. Bigger is so, not always better. Right, right. Very, very, very true. So I just wanted to share that because I hear, I've heard about vanity metrics and things like that, and that's been my experience is, you know, vanity is part of the human condition. We all have it. We all have needs that need fulfilled. We all have uh, egotistical issues that need to be resolved, and uh, that's not a bad thing. It's part of what drives us to do better and to serve from the intersection of our brilliance and our passion. Uh, so don't put that stuff down because it's a natural part of who you are. But leverage the reality of who you are and what, and what motivates you for something that's going to serve you, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's good parting advice, Adam. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's see, let's see here. Yeah, we are unfortunately pretty near the top of the hour, so I said I wanted to give you a moment at the end here uh, to uh, tell us a little bit about something you have for our listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you tried to get it in there earlier, and I I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one up too. I'm gonna pick one up too. But uh, but let's uh, but let's have our little celebration now. You get, you gave us a little taste of it. To, Keep us listening all the way till the end. I like That's that. I like right. that. Little so tease, little go ahead, tease. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lay. Go ahead. Lay it on us. All right. Well, I did lay out the action marketing system, and if you want some more in-depth information about that, including worksheets, templates, examples, I'm going to give it to you for free. And you can get a free copy of my book. All you have to do is pay the very nominal shipping cost, which is literally the post office getting it to you. But if you go to Amazon right now, you're going to pay $15 for the book. If you go to my website, I'm going to send it to you for free. 
So go to smallbizmarketingspecialist.com forward slash book. That's smallbizmarketingspecialist.com slash book. And Adam, okay, I will personally I I sign work. your copy. Oh, you know what that means? That means you're going to end up in the in the upper left quadrant of my bookshelf because that's where I keep all the books that are signed by people I know personally. There you go. Okay, so you do that for me, and I will uh, give you a privileged place in my bookshelf. Well, that would I'm, be an I'm, honor, I'm, I'm and make sure you share this with Alexandra also. I, 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 I might even read. I might even read it to her, Alexandra. If you want right. a bedtime story, you, Alexandra, you want an easy bedtime well, story? I'm sure this, you do. This will not put you to sleep. This is going to invigorate and get your marketing into action. So it's definitely not bedtime reading. <laughs> well, uh, see, see, Alexandra here. Uh, she uh, she has a job here. I'm not sure exactly what she does, but she does draw a paycheck. Uh, it doesn't really seem to be getting in her uh, the way of her aspirations to become a performing musician. Everybody has a dream. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you now one a moment to sink in. A performing musician. Performing. Oh, oh okay. I just got it. Uh, <laughs> I'm yep. a little slow today. Yep. That's all right. Okay, so this has been a lot of fun here. Uh, small biz, Stacy. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Adam, always a pleasure being with you. Never a dull moment. You make me my, my, I'm just grinning from ear to ear. You're so much fun to be around, and I, I hope that your listeners got some great actionable, pun intended, advice today, and uh, I'm here to help them get their marketing done. Thanks for the opportunity to come on your show. Fantastic. All right. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check in with us at businesscreatorsradioshow.com for our upcoming episodes where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.